0: And you're back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM. The double L team, Lyle and Lawson, taking you through the breakfast show. And, of course, we do not have a quiz for you. The quiz has already been snapped up, snavelled up on the very first clue. And I didn't think it was that obvious of a quiz. Oh, clue, man, yeah. But... It was, yeah. It was good. Good, good faithful listeners. Good. Two people competing on the phone trying to uh, snap that one up. But anyway, do not forget that uh, the double L team and the double L and M team, mm-hmm. Lyle, Lawson, and Monica. No, I said that wrong way around. I should be Monica, Lyle, and Lawson. No? Monica, yeah, that's Lawson. That's M double L. Monica, Lawson, and Lyle is the correct way to, pro- okay. to speak it. Okay. Lady, right. Ladies first, self last. Okay, nice. Got it sorted nice. now. Uh, the MLL. <laughs> the MLL team heading off to Africa in March or Mon's, um, preceding us to Kenya in um, February. And, of course, raising money for KenyaHealth.org. Mm-hmm. And so we have a goal there to raise $6,000 for medication that will provide medication for 3,000 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, So your money will go a long way. 100% of the money will go directly to buying medical supplies. Um, Doesn't go to uh, give uh, MLL a uh, a holiday in Africa. No, not at all. We're all going to be working very, very hard over there. (laughs) Uh, But, um, yeah, to donate, just simply go to KenyaHealth.org and top of the page, Donate tab, and you will get a receipt right there. Go Mm. through the... um, it goes through the Rotary Guys. Cool.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm so looking forward to that. It's going like, to be an going amazing to Africa experience. preaching. Oh man, it's gonna be so
0: good. So good. Yes, of course. Lawson and I and Monica will all be preaching in Ethiopia. Ethiopia. Oh, I'm so excited about it. There's so much history in Ethiopia. The Bible talks so much about, you know, various uh, Ethiopian. Um, Individuals. You've got the Ethiopian eunuch. There's several Ethiopian kings. Mm -hmm. There's uh, Candace, queen of... I I found out something interesting about Candace, queen of Ethiopia.
1: All right. What's
0: up? Um, So, Candace, we often think of, you know, she was the queen. Candace, that was her name. Mm -hmm. Uh, Comes from the word Kandaki, which means queen. Mm -hmm. So, it was the queen, the queen
1: of Ethiopia. Queen, queen. Yeah. Actually... This reminds me of a faithful parishioner at our church, an amazing guy. He's getting baptized next weekend, and his name is James James. There you go. And it's amazing. (laughs) What were his parents thinking? Oh, well, they obviously loved him because it's the best name ever. (laughs) (laughs) James James, that is amazing. (laughs) That's pretty epic. Shout out James
0: James. Does does, uh, does James James have a middle name? He would, but I don't know what it is you have to ask him it Yeah, might, it might be James. Imagine if it was James Jimmy
1: James. Maybe it was just James just James James. James. James, James. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if I was James James and and I because I didn't know his name was James James for like ages he was just It's actually pretty cool. He I was like just it. James. I like that. But if if people brought up my last name all the time I would call myself Jimmy James. Yeah, something like that. You know, yeah, could, just to make like a
0: differentiation. Could get away with that. But now we have a Bible study. <laughs> Yes, we have a Bible study. We do need to get to our Bible study, and we are going to begin in Revelation chapter 2. All righty. Lawson, I nearly called you Mon. Don't do
1: not do that, please. <clears throat> like, yes, it's 2018, but identity theft isn't a joke.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, hit me. What, what, where are we going? Where are we headed?
0: Let's go with verse 1 and 2.
1: Okay, in Revelation chapter 2, and verse 1 and 2 says... Write this letter to the angel of the church in Ephesus. This is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand, the one who walks among the seven gold lampstands. I know all the things you do. I have seen seen your hard work and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles but are not. You have discovered
0: they are liars. There you go. Here is a letter that Jesus personally writes to the church in Ephesus. (laughs) This letter has three different ways that it can be taken. It can be taken as a literal letter to a literal church, the literal church in Ephesus at this particular time. And it was. was. This was where the letter was sent. And it had a message that was specific to that church at that particular time period in history. The second way it can be taken is as a prophecy. This is a prophecy. It is part of the book of Revelation, and as a prophecy, as a part of the book of Revelation, it is a uh, it is dealing with a particular time period in the history of our world. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third way it can be taken is that there's a spiritual lesson there for each one of us. So, you have the uh, the lit- literal application, the prophetic mm-hmm. application, and the spiritual application. Mm-hmm. There is a lesson that we can learn. These people are told lots of good things. What are some of the good things that they have been doing?
1: They, um, you know, they've been working hard. Okay. They've, they've, yep. they've mm-hmm. had patience and endurance, which is an amazing, amazing it, fruit yep. to have. Tenacity. Mm. Um. They don't tolerate evil people. So they're they hold fast to their convictions and they're like, hey, like not that they don't love people and you know accept and care about people, but when it comes to the the growth of their church and they them moving forward, they're like, Hey, we've got one doctrine, you know, mm-hmm. we've got one Jesus and that's that's what they're following.
0: Um, and if you're not prepared to follow that, then um, you're not a part of our fellowship. Go and start your own somewhere else. Mm. Yes. And verse three, do you read for us verse three as well? You have patiently suffered for me without quitting. Okay, so they've got – Jesus says a lot of good things about this church in Ephesus. Mm -hmm. There's quite a list here. He goes on to say some bad things about them as well. In fact, fact, he has some very, very serious um, issues to raise with this church. But when you work your way through verse 2 and 3, one of the things that stands out that they are commended for, I'll just read it from my translation, you cannot bear those that are evil and have tried them, which say they are apostles and are not, and have found them to be liars. Mm -hmm. So this was a church that had actually held church trials. Mm -hmm. That sounds pretty judgmental, don't you think? Yeah, but I, you know, think
1: about it in context of people come, they're apostles, they're like, okay, we, we have the
0: truth, we're here to teach, you know,
1: to examine them is is fair almost.
0: All right, so let me put it this way. I, it, it is uh, very trendy in our world today to say, don't be judgmental. Mm-hmm. Don't judge me for this, don't judge me for that. Mm-hmm. Don't hold this against me, you know, you, you, and, and it's very trendy to say that, you know, Uh, Christians are all just judgmental. Mm -hmm. Is that true? I think people are people.
1: Okay. I I think um, there's dissonance sometimes between what Christians preach and what their actions are. But I think if we go back to our base belief, it's ultimately... Yeah, it's a hard question to ask. All right, well, you think uh, about
0: this. Before we, get, before we dig into this f- further, because we are going to dig into it, mm-hmm. but before we dig into it this, this further, let me just ask this question. If I'm having a conversation with you, mm-hmm. and let's say that I'm talking about XYZ church down the road, mm-hmm. I can't, and let's say I say something along the lines yeah, I can't stand that church. I would never go to that church. They are all so incredibly judgmental. Mm-hmm. What am I doing?
1: Ooh, interesting.
0: Am I am I not being judgmental myself?
1: Yeah, Wow. Well, well, yeah, you're... I am f-
0: equally judgmental. Yeah. So the moment a person opens their mouth and says, oh, I don't like this particular group or I don't like that particular group because they're judgmental, mm-hmm. that is a statement of judgment. Yeah. You know, and so often I've had people come to me, oh, I don't go to this church or I don't go to that church because they're all judgmental. Um, I don't judge people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait a minute, what do you mean you don't judge people? You just judged that church down the road. You said that they were judgmental.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You, know, you made that accusation. I don't know anything about that church down the road. I have never been there. But you have made that accusation against mm-hmm. them. You're being judgmental. Yeah, wow. Well. So I think one of the things that we need to recognize as human beings is that we're all judgmental. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, oh, that's the first thing I think we need to recognize. The second thing I need to re- think we need to recognize is that being judgmental can be mean, horrid, um, awful. Mm. It can involve gossip. Uh, it can involve, you know, the worst kind of behaviour imaginable. But at the same time, there is a time for being judgmental and passing mm-hmm. judgment. Here, you have a group of people who are commended by Jesus Christ because people have come into their church. Stood up and said, Hey, I'm an apostle. I have the truth. You need to follow me. And they've gone, Yeah, you know what? What you're saying does not line up with the Bible. Yeah, well. Wow. And if it doesn't line up with the Bible, I'm not going to follow it. I'm not going to have a bar mm. of it. I have nothing to do with it. Mm. And so they have been judgmental. They have passed judgment on them. The Bible says they have tried them, found them to be liars, and completely tossed them out. You're listening to Faith FM,
2: positively different radio.
0: Okay, so they found them to uh, to be lies. They've been judgmental. They're mm. past judgment. You know, the Bible talks about, um, you know, by their fruits you shall know them. Mm. I had somebody come to me one time and tell me that they were a fruit inspector. Amazing. Yeah, they were a very judgmental kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> I have the uh, the ministry of rebuke. Mm. Oh, I, I think, though... There's a difference
1: between like because what we're talking about here is is judgment with a negative connotation mm-hmm. and judgment with a positive connotation. That's right. And I think could our world exist without judgment? W- well, no. But you know, we have, have judges, no society without you have judgment. You would have no anarchy. rules. Yeah, it's it's craziness. But I think that 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 judgment that with the positive connotation more feeds into like the the fruit of discernment Mm -hmm. that you you look into a situation and you discern okay what's actually going on here and if that is a spirit-led thing then you know passing judgment which is ultimately uh, bring into action you know bringing someone's consequences you know weighing up someone's consequences and meeting that with an action that needs to to be taken um can be a very effective thing and, and good mm-hmm. and good for mm-hmm. that person. In fact, you know, it makes me think to you know Hebrews twelve, where the Bible says that the God's chastens, you know, um, not to not to not as a father to what he seems good, but God chastens for our profit. And I thank God for the times the people came to me. And because of their discernment, um, and, but also their judgment, they said, hey, Lawson, you've made a big mistake. You've done the wrong thing and they've passed judgment on me mm-hmm. and I've had consequences for my actions because it's made me a better person.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, if you never pass judgment on your kids and you never have consequences for the action of the kids, what are your kids going to turn out like? Yeah, 100%. They're and- going to turn out to be little terrors. Who constantly exhaust you, and if you are constantly exhausted by your children, and they are little terrors, then maybe you need to be passing judgment on those children, yeah. you know, a little bit more often than what you are. Man, it's and it brings about consequences. <laughs> <laughs> it just just reminds me of
1: my my childhood. My my dad wasn't like super crazy strict, but. Definitely, it was like he passed some judgment because okay? we, we deserved it. We deserved the judgment, okay? We deserved to, to be brought to the consequences of our actions 100%. And I'm actually, I'm I'm thankful for that. Yep. And I feel like you talk to most people like who, who have that childhood. I think especially people who have um, made something of their life and they can look at their childhood and they, they're thankful for the way that you know, their parents chasing them mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. because it's made them the person who they are today.
0: Yeah, and we're getting a little bit sidetracked here. But there is a prin- it's not hugely sidetracked. There is a principle here, and it's a biblical principle. And if you go back to Genesis, you know, chapter 1, 2, and 3, let's talk about the uh, Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. In the Garden of Eden, God says, don't eat the fruit of the tree or you will die. So this is a very simple statement. Um, if you yeah, do this, wow. these are the consequences, Right. Yeah. Satan comes along and Satan says, you will not. What? Die. You will not surely die. Okay, so Satan comes along and says, you will not die. Jesus, God says, you will die. Mm -hmm. So God says, there are consequences for your actions. Satan says, there are no consequences for your actions. Mm -hmm. Translate that across to your children. Let's say that you come to your children and you say to your children, don't do this or there will be these consequences. Mm -hmm. And then the children do that. We now have a choice to make. We can either bring the consequences, whatever they might be, mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. When we don't bring those consequences, what are we teaching our children? What are we reinforcing in their mind?
1: That ultimately, you know, there's no
0: yeah. Their actions you don't actually do die. Whatever. You've got you've got you've got two schools of uh, thought in Genesis mm-hmm. chapter three: consequences for doing wrong, no consequences for doing wrong. Mm-hmm. When you tell your children not to do something, outline the consequences, and then do not follow through with those consequences, you are teaching them there are no consequences for sin. Mm-hmm. That's what Satan said. You are raising your children under the principles of Satan. You are raising them to be followers of Satan. Man, that is that is so interesting because,
1: like, you hear you hear people sometimes bring up the point of, like, oh, God's too harsh. You know, he says to Adam and Eve, like, yeah, uh, he, well he said to them you'll surely die if you eat the fruit they eat the fruit and then they're like then then God kicked them out of the garden you know that's so terrible it's they died in fact God God showed grace there he chastened them for their well-being mm. in fact he God God was fully in his right to say like you ate the fruit like you're done mm. and they could have died right right there and then um, patriarchs and prophets actually outlines this that the the rightful consequence for their action was death. Um, as as harsh as it may seem, you know we're not living in that world and in that concert, you know in that in that place where they were. And I feel like if we're in that situation, it would be much more clear clear to us. Um, but they have a clear consequence for their action, and then God steps in with grace, even in that point, and He still chastens them for their action, but for their profit. Mm-hmm. And this is the amazing thing about God, and we we see this all the way through.
0: And the other, you know, when, when you just taking that one step further, you know, what God does is a, is an act of tremendous mercy and love, mm-hmm. because you know He puts the angel at the gate of the garden so that they don't get in, eat the fruit, and then immortalize sin. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? I mean, sin brings pain, it brings suffering, it brings heartache, it brings mm-hmm. everything that is terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine being immortal and never able to escape from sin. Yeah, wow. Well. That would be horrific. That would be truly, truly horrific in the worst possible mm-hmm. way. You know, death is what releases us from the power of sin. Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for death, if we were all truly immortal, then we would have to deal with pain for eternity. And because Jesus died for us, he can resurrect us again mm-hmm. without sin. Yeah. You know, And right there in the Garden of Eden, as you mentioned a moment ago, he makes that, that, that promise right there. Let's go a little bit further on in this passage here in uh, Revelation chapter 2. And this time I'm wondering whether you can read for us uh, the letter to the next church. This one's the letter to the church in Smyrna. Um, and verse 9.
1: Alrighty. So this is Revelation chapter 3, verse 9. The Bible says, I know about your sufferings and your poverty, but you are rich. I know the blasphemy of those opposing you. They say they are Jews, but they are not, because their synagogue belongs to Satan.
0: All right. So, Ooh. you've got a group <laughs> of people who say they are Jews, mm-hmm. but what are they? They're not. They belong not. to Satan. They're Gentiles. And they belong to whose synagogue? Satan's. Let's... Okay, so we would wonder why would um, the Bible, why would Jesus be worried about Jewish people and what Jewish people are doing in this particular era of earth's history? And the answer to this is very, very simple. The Bible says there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither mm-hmm. bond nor slave, uh, for you are all one in Jesus Christ. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's descendants mm. and heirs according to the promise. That's Galatians three twenty-eight and 29. Okay, so the Bible says that if you belong to Christ, you are Abraham's descendant and an inheritor of all of the promises that were given to mm-hmm. Abraham. So that makes you spiritually a Jew. Mm-hmm. Anybody who gives their life to Christ is spiritually a Jew. So let's say that uh, you know, we, we use that here that it's talking about Christians. Mm-hmm. Those who say they are Christians and are not but belong to the church of Satan. That's pretty heavy language right there. Yeah, it's a big accusation. Basically, what the Bible is saying is if you're a hypocrite, you don't belong to the Christian church. Mm. You belong to the church of Satan. You know, if I went down to Newtown and joined the uh, local church of Satan down there, you'd be, all be all horrified, right? Yeah. But if I live a hypocritical life like so many of us do as Christians, we don't get so horrified, do we? No. This is like, uh, yeah, 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 give everybody a little bit of slack. Mm. Um, but in actual fact, somebody who claims to be a Christian and does not live a Christian life belongs to the Church of Satan. Mm. it's pretty strong stuff, yeah, okay, so if you've got somebody in your church, let's say you've got somebody in your church at Raymond Terrace, and they're like,' yeah, yeah, you know i'm a i uh i I belong to the Church of Satan <laughs> um and I want to be baptized and be a member of this church as well. Mm. are you going to do that? no. Okay, so what if you have somebody in your church who is already a baptized member and they go and join the church of Satan?
2: Mm.
0: Let's think about that. Are you going to you know, leave them as a member of your church and let them hold church office? Maybe they're an elder of your church and they mm. belong to the church of Satan as well. Are you going to allow that? No. No, and this is what the Bible is very, very clear about. If you go back to verse 2, where it says that they have tried those that say they are apostles and are not. Mm. Okay, so they've tried them, they've tested them, they've uh, held a a church court and found these people belong to the church of Satan, and so therefore, because they belong to a different church, then they really shouldn't be a part of this one, and out they go. Back right oh, so
3: up. No light in the darkness, you see. There's a life for a look at the Savior And life more abundant and free Turn
0: That was Jaden Lavick with Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus here on Faith FM. And as we continue on in our study here of uh, in, in relationship to church mm-hmm. discipline, mm-hmm. Um, Errol from Rutherford has texted in with the comment, uh, God can't bless and prosper the work of the church when it condones the known sin of a leader. Wow. Or, or of a proxy leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a, that's a, a, a very, very... It's a heavy statement, Mm -hmm. but it is a very true statement. Yeah. Um, And this is where the church needs to step in and act. You know, Mm -hmm. when there is known sin involved, when you have a situation where somebody is knowingly doing what is wrong. Mm -hmm. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16 and verse 19. Thank you, Errol, for messaging in. Matthew chapter 16, and we will read in uh, verse 19. Right, the Bible says in Matthew
1: chapter sixteen and verse nineteen, "And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven." There's a lot of power, isn't it? Yeah. So, what does that mean? Oh man, I can just do whatever I want
0: down here and do whatever I want in heaven. It's just... And it's just all, it's all whatever you do down here on earth is done in heaven. No, this is all based on on Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and the acceptance of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and Mm -hmm. Messiah, Mm -hmm. Um, and he he gives us this authority to be able to make decisions here on this earth, you know, in relationship to whether a person remains a part of our church or not, Mm. Uh, and you know, really, it's a it's a very simple. Act of honesty when somebody opposes, and, and this is one of the th- one of the problems that goes through my mind so often when I see somebody who who jumps up in church and is like, "Yeah, you know what? I oppose the beliefs of this church," but then they want to stay as a part of that church and they want to, um, you know, to to cause trouble in that church. That's not that's not fair. That's not appropriate. That's not nice. Mm. We live in a country, thankfully, where we still have religious liberty. Let's pray it stays that way. It is mm. very much under threat. Um, but we do have religious liberty in this country, and so there is nothing there is nothing stopping you from having beliefs mm-hmm. that are different from the church that you attend but it 's not appropriate to continue attending there and continue creating trouble if you have different beliefs. what is appropriate in that circumstance is to move on mm-hmm. and maybe start your own church or find a church that does match with the beliefs that uh, that you hold so dear yeah wow well. um, yeah let 's go over to uh, Matthew chapter eighteen. Yep. Which verse? 15 through 20. Okay. Turning the page, 18, 15
1: to 20. This is this is very appropriate to what we've been talking about. The Bible says in uh, Matthew chapter 18 and verse 15 If another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offence. If the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again. So everything you say may be confirmed by two or three witnesses. If the person still refuses to take your case to church, then if he or she won't accept the church's decision, treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector. I tell you the truth. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven, and whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven." I also tell you this, if two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three are gathered together as my followers,
0: I am there among them. Okay, so here God um, outlines a process. Mm-hmm. A process to follow in dealing with these kinds of issues in the church. You have somebody in the church who's creating trouble, somebody who's come up with a uh, theological error, whatever it might be, teaching false doctrine or false apostle, um, you know, whatever it might be. There is a process that is outlined where the Bible says, um, you know, you to go to that person, and once you've gone to that person, then um, um, you need to, you know, go one on one. Keep this in as small a circle as possible. If that doesn't work, then Mm -hmm. go to them, you know, with one or two others. Once Mm -hmm. again, eliminate as much as possible. Uh, Sin is not one of those things that you need to be publishing, you know, loud and proud right around the whole universe, so Mm -hmm. to speak. Sin is one of those things that should be, you know, quarantined. Let's talk about as little as possible. Let's preserve a person's dignity. And the whole purpose of this, of course, is to win them back to God. Mm Mm-hmm that's what it's all about is yeah. to win them back to God and to and to be redemptive yeah in uh in your approach and then of course it's like well if they're still stubborn mm. then you take it to the whole church and that's when church discipline you know takes place we and and there is a time and a place for that and uh thankfully very very rarely but uh it is something that does need to happen mm. on occasions um and is this being judgmental yes it's very much being judgmental there is a place of being judgmental you know people shouldn't expect and it's wrong for people to expect that they can you know strongly disagree with you know major tenants of a particular organization and remain a part of that organization they mm. should go and start their own that's the honest <laughs> and appropriate thing to do yeah or, or join an organization that does mm-hmm. match with what they say
1: yeah I, I, man because it is such a struggle to walk that line of like, of of discipline, of mm. like, hey, you know, like especially anytime, from-
0: Anytime, anytime, sorry, I butted in. It's all good. Uh, but anytime you say and make a statement that something, anything is wrong, you've been judgmental. <clears throat> so, when people come and say, you know, I'm not a judgmental person, that means that you never, ever say that something is wrong. That's not reality.
1: Yeah, that's not the world
0: that we live in. In fact, what I find is that people who claim to be judgmental are often the most judgmental people on the planet, (laughs) they just don't see it in themselves.
1: Man, how our pride blinds us. It's so hilarious. And even the Bible says, you know, if we do you not know that we, you will judge angels? Yeah. Not in, in This is in the context of the judgment that we'll be ourselves looking through the books and saying like, okay, did we'll be judging the angels and we'll be kind of judging God, like going through and saying, okay, did God make the right decision in this circumstance of this person not being saved or this person being saved? And it's like for us as human beings, we can exercise a reflection of that of hey we see a brother who's you know who has gone wayward in some way and that's the thing it comes back to like the reason we we judge is ultimately for the profit of the person as it's saying here to win them back to god where it's because we love them it's you know we don't judge out of hate i also love the point that it brings up and that you know as you were saying like try and keep this in a, in a limited circle, and it's not for the purpose of, of covering something up. You know, me and you can both attest as leaders in a church, if, if something serious happens where action needs to be taken in a legal sense, like, it's, <laughs> we're not just going to stand there and cover it up. People mm. ultimately have consequences for their action. Absolutely. But, but when it comes to, to people struggling with sin, struggling with differing ideologies or whatever it may be, it's like, hey, yeah, come, let us reason together. Let's work this problem out. Um, but yeah, discipline is for the benefit of of those who are involved, and it's you know to just go around and like spurting like, oh, you know, this person's bad because they do this, shaming that person in public, and you know, because we're all we've all fallen, you know, we're all sinners, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Um, like, yeah, you know, and we can. If, if yeah, as ourself as the, as the perpetrator, if we feel like it's appropriate to bring that up as an example of, hey, look, I've made mistakes before, um, then that's a good thing to do. But in in the reality in the world that we live in, it's like, hey, we just we just want to do the best for what's you know yeah, for each other.
0: Okay, so all of this needs to be balanced out, and whenever we pass judgment, it should be with incredible amount of love. This is Ben and Noel.
4: Set you are loving, and ready to make me clean. And I know all my wrongs. I can't push my sins out of my.
2: said than done but there's a program called forgive to live designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness so if you're keen to take that first step head to forgivetolive.org.au you're listening to faith fm positively different radio
0: Carly Fletcher with a new creation. We have come to question of the day time. So, what is our question of the day today, there, Lawson? Okay, our question
1: of the day is: Is it a sin to eat unclean
0: meat? Okay, that's a ooh, That's a really interesting question. My question in return would be: would be to ask this: Is it a sin to do to go against something the Bible tells you to do? Yes. Lawson says yes, and I agree with him. Okay, so then let's go to Acts chapter 15, shall we? Mm, Okay. And there were uh, a number of different things that made meat unclean. One of the things that made meat unclean was the kind of animal it was. And so there are some, you know, flesh, there's some flesh that is. Uh, Better for you and some that is worse for you. And God said, don't eat the worst stuff. You know, Don't eat pork and that kind of stuff. That's absolute rubbish. It will uh, put you in a grave quicker than what you should necessarily (laughs) be there. And, of course, this is well proven by studies of blue zones, um, which are the areas of the world where people live the longest. And it's found that Adventists live 10 to 15 years longer than everybody else. So that's pretty awesome. (laughs) My little brag right there. Patriotism. Okay, so in Acts chapter 15, this is what was written to the Gentiles. And this was from James, and he says, But we write to them that they abstain from pollutions of idols. That makes sense. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. And from fornication, thou shalt not commit adultery. And from things strangled and from blood. The other thing that would make meat unclean was was not just the other kind of animal it was. But the Bible says when you butcher an animal, you cut its throat and let it bleed out. You know, obviously when you go to the doctor and the doctor wants to find out what kind of a disease you have, he takes a blood sample Mm -hmm. because that's where the disease is. The disease is in the blood, so you drain the disease out of the animal before you eat the animal. It's common sense stuff that we all understand. That's what we practice in abattoirs here in Australia today. And so the Bible is very, very clear. When the Bible you know, passes this information on to the Gentiles, this is what is required of the Gentiles. And that's one of the health laws right there. And that's one of the things that makes meat unclean. And so when the Bible passed on the health laws to the Gentiles, the law that made meat unclean, it says, don't do this. Okay, so that's that's, that's fairly straightforward. Let's then go over to another passage of the Bible that is even more straightforward. And this one is a prophecy about the return of Jesus Christ. And so this time I'm going to go over to Isaiah chapter 66, Read a little bit of context for you. It says in verse 15 For behold, the Lord will come, so this is the second coming, with fire, with his chariots, like a whirlwind, to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. For by fire and by his sword the Lord will judge all flesh, and the slain of the Lord shall be many. Quite a graphic verse that we have here Talking about the destruction of the wicked At the end of time The context is very clear This is the second coming But notice what it goes on to say Verse 17 Those that sanctify themselves And purify themselves in the gardens Behind one tree in the middle Eating swine's flesh And the abomination And the mouse Shall be consumed together, says the Lord. Now, um, I know you are all wondering, why does the Bible talk about eating the mouse in this particular passage? OK, but before we get there, there are three things that are listed: swine's flesh the abomination and the mouse. If Mm. you look at the health laws, and you can read them in Leviticus chapter 11, so mark that down. I don't have time to read that chapter for you during question time, but you can read it for homework. Leviticus chapter 11 tells you all of the animals that are unclean meat, and it calls all of them an abomination. So here the Bible speaks about all of them collectively as an abomination. It singles out pork because it is the most common unclean meat that is eaten anywhere on the planet. It singles Mm -hmm. out the mouse because that is the most gross unclean animal eaten on the planet and it is using the mouse to illustrate that these animals that you are eating that the Bible has taught that these are unclean, these are animals that are vile and disgusting and gross and they are equivalent of eating mice and you should not go anywhere near them. So there's your well, answer. There you go. Do you know in France they eat mice?
1: I do. They they dip them in honey and eat them while they're alive, and that's disgusting. But thank you so much, Lyle, for your answer. I think that's very, very, um, very informative. I know I know what to do now. Gotta stay away from them mice. <laughs> this is Matt and Josie Minicus with though I speak with tongues.
4: Though I speak with tongues of men and angels. Though I have the prophet's gift Though I hold the keys to hidden knowledge Though my faith can mount and shift Without love I am no better Without love it's all for naught Lord, you spend your life in loving others what this means I would be taught
2: Love is patient, knows no in me Never gloats when others sin Love is never glad to see Injustice always wants the truth i fail without your grace Though there'll be an end to
4: hidden knowledge Visions, raptures, prophecy Faith and hope and love shall last forever For the greatest of the three Without love I am no better Without love, it's all for naught You gave your life in saving others What this means, I would be touched Lord, you spent your life in loving others What this means, I would be
0: Welcome back, guys. That was Matt and Josie Minigas with Though I Speak With Tongues. And we have come to that part of the show where we are going to give something away for free. Our free giveaway, get ready to call, is 1-800-324-843. We have just been talking about food. And if you're a bit worried about your food and how it might be killing you, (laughs) then we have a solution for you. Best of vegetarian month-by-month recipes. Creative vegetarian recipes. Cooking, and so this cook cookbook could be yours for free. It has uh, lots of recipes in it. It has colour pictures all the way through. Uh, my mouth, mouth is starting to water, just um, you know, <laughs> reading some of these here. Apple loaf. Ooh, that looks good. Um, Getting hungry, Lyle. Yes, that's right. You get a copy of this, then iced orange crisps. Nice. Mm. Like Oh, here's September. September, naturally fruity muesli. Nice. Okay, so if you get a copy of this book, uh, and it does come for free, and I need to stop getting sidetracked here by looking at uh, just absolutely delicious ve- vegetarian recipes, then give us a call, 1-800-324-843. But if you get a copy of the book, this book, you owe Lawson and I a meal. You don't really,
1: but no, that yeah. would be nice if you just made one for us anyway. That would be really great. Hey, if you're on radio,
0: you've got to use it for something somewhere along the <laughs> Now give us a call now. 1-800-324-843 is the number or text us on 0491-064-669 and you can get a great cookbook here that can uh, assist you on your way to becoming a uh, vegetarian or a plant-based diet, which Mm. of course is the very best diet, which will give you the longest health and happiness and well-being. One that we highly recommend here on this station and one that you will, uh, a lifestyle that you will never regret taking up. Uh, But right now, Don't forget if you'd like to know more about the Bible then you can uh, contact us here and we can get you involved in Bible studies in many different formats but stay tuned for more great programming.